1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into?
2: Talking. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios.
3: TCL America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami.
1: Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. And that new Score North mobile app. It's really nifty, handy-dandy mobile app. It's available for Apple and Android. It's free. You can uh, listen to your favorite podcast on demand or listen live. The more you listen live, the more points you earn to get potential rewards from us here at Score North because we love you. It's also your one-stop shop for all written content from scorenorth.com, including columns from uh, fine, fine columnists like our very own Judd Zulgad. I don't know, Judd. If you thank you, Rami. I don't know if you've ever written anything as enthralling or as gripping as the L.A. Lakers saga, though. I don't oh, know that you've is... ever had material to feed on like the L.A. Lakers um, saga.
0: Vikings Love Boat 2005. Ooh, that's pretty came, good. That's very, pretty good. Probably came as close to as being like because at the very end in 2010, some of the Childress uh, Viking stuff was dumpster fireish. But nothing like this.
1: Some of the stuff to come out of this article today at ESPN.com. And it's a long one. So maybe take it in chunks. Or maybe if you have like a half hour tonight. <laughs> if you have a short attention span, have read, someone read it to you. I don't think we have time before Roy Smalley joins us at 520 to really pick through all the golden nuggets that are that are in this article. So it starts with the introduction of Magic Johnson and Rob Pulinka, the new tag team who's supposed to head up. And this was the brand name. Lakers 2.0. These two guys were the the faces of bringing the Los Angeles Lakers franchise back to glory. So they gather all the Lakers employees in a formal setting and they say, here are our new leaders, Rob Palenka and president of basketball operations, the legendary Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson gets in front of this room and begins to basically berate these people. I'll just read you the paragraph. In his remarks, Johnson expressed excitement about the task ahead, but he also made clear he didn't accept excuses or mistakes, and those who weren't on board with the new management and their mission should leave, according to six staffers who were present. Pointing upstairs toward his office, Johnson drove home his point. He has a large stack of resumes sitting on his desk, quote, a thousand of them. Multiple staffers recall him and he could replace any of them at any of time. It was shocking, said one Lakers coaching staff member who was present. If you're going to be in this business, you bring enough pressure on yourself. You don't need more pressure, especially from someone who's supposed to be an ally. That is not how you win people over when you take over a position of leadership, Judd. To say, if you don't want to be here, you can leave because I have a thousand people who would love to replace you. And quite honestly, I might like replacing you also. What a mess.
0: All right. So, my, my apology. Do, do you want my apology? Yes. Because I we get
1: into the further dysfunction. I, it get, only gets better from here. Okay.
0: When this thing was um, pre magic, when this thing was out of control before, and it was Genie Boss's show. I said why is her brother Jim Buss involved? He clearly doesn't get it. He's an idiot. He's the problem. You got to fire him. Jim Buss because Jerry Buss who owned the the Lakers and Kings at one time was really good. And I said this Jim Buss is just the problem. He you got to. and so guess what? She fired him. It's gotten worse. So Jim Buss. Your
1: apologies to Jim Bus. Jim Bus,
0: you're not listening. You don't give a damn, but I am
1: sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's because, on an island somewhere.
0: <laughs> because I was so sure that if they just, if if Jeannie Buss just fired her brother, everything would turn around, and as you're going to tell us now, not only has it not turned around, it's become more dysfunctional.
1: So after the firing of, of uh, Luke Walton, they they first wanted to hire Teron Liu, and then Monty Williams both turning down the job before Frank Vogel accepted the job. According to nearly two dozen current and former team staffers, ranging from occupants of executive suites to office suites in addition to league sources and others close to the team, so this isn't... Quote unquote fake news. The Lakers under Johnson and Palinka were fraught with dysfunction on and off the court. These sources who feared reprisal and weren't authorized to speak publicly describe Palinka and Johnson as managers who made unilateral free agent acquisitions, triggered a spate of tampering investigations and fines, berated staffers, including Walton, and created an in-house culture that many current and former longtime staffers said marginalized their colleagues, inspired fear and led to feelings of anxiety severe enough that at least two staffers suffered panic attacks as one Lakers star privately told confidants it's bleeping crazy over there can I ask you a question they were making moves with basically zero input input from their scouting and personnel department
0: yes how on earth did LeBron James not find out enough to know that this was a franchise you shouldn't sign with.
1: Oh, he can. He contributed to the dysfunction once he got there, Judd. We haven't even gotten to that part of the story yet. I just, it's just amazing. I think he's... You know what I think? I think he saw dysfunction. I know he likes dysfunction, and so yeah. And saw weakness and thought, I can go in there and take power. Okay. Which... You know what? That's a very good answer. It would indicate based on some of the other things that were said in this, uh, no, in this article. There's no question he likes dysfunction, right? Yes. So what you're saying makes sense. Not a week after Johnson's declaration, Clutch Sports, the agency that represents LeBron James, announced a four-time NBA MVP and three-time champion would sign a four-year deal with the Lakers, which we knew. In the aftermath of signing James, Lakers management tasked with building a roster around him nabbed several mercurial veterans. Guards John Rondo and Lance Stevenson, center JaVale McGee, and forward Michael Beasley, the signings were criticized publicly Publicly, though, Polinka defended them, and James, who was consulted on the deals, signed off. So he was being consulted on deals okay. already, but coaching staffers and others in basketball operations were, to say the least, questioning the moves. This is one quote from a uh, Lakers coaching staff member. We all had the same reaction that the basketball world did. Like, what the bleep are we doing? Not only are we not getting shooting, but we're also getting every basketball case left on the market. We were all confused. All of it made no sense. So, again, they're acting unilaterally without any input from their scouting or personnel department. I
0: thought when, so when, when they, they signed those guys last year, I remember thinking to myself, the strategy must be to to, uh, surround LeBron with potential dysfunction and not good players, to be bad, to miss the playoffs in order to build back up. But this sounds like it, it was just total chaos with no real plan.
1: And this is when LeBron James and his crew get involved. Clutch? Yes. In November, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver and Maverick Carter, LeBron's longtime business partner, met for lunch James's agent, Rich Paul, was seated at a nearby table. I'm sure that was a coincidence. And at one point approached Silver to complain about Walton. Multiple sources familiar with the interaction told ESPN. Paul said he didn't believe Walton was the right coach for the Lakers. Silver shrugged off the remark and asked whom Paul thought would be the right coach. Paul suggested to Ron Liu. What is Silver care? Paul was also, being, also letting it be known through back channel conversations, including those with reporters, that he wasn't on board with Walton. Paul criticized how Walton allotted minutes to players and his inconsistent lineups, which were partly the result of injuries and suspensions. Members of the Lakers coaching staff became aware of those conversations and wondered whether Johnson's heated meeting with Walton was influenced by Rich Paul.
0: Why on earth would the commissioner of the National Basketball Association give a damn about who is coaching the Lakers because somebody doesn't like how he's distributing playing time?
1: An agent. A player's agent. No, I get that. But why would you. I'm sorry, his manager. Okay, but wouldn't
0: you, in your brain, wouldn't the process, you know, I don't think Silver's going to really care about this.
1: Yeah, this isn't. Why are you. Too, if I'm David Silver or Adam Silver, Absolutely, excuse like, me, I go, why are, you, why are you telling me this? Absolutely get lost. This isn't for me to know. But you know
0: what this is become, and, and this would be
1: impossible to
0: invoke or do. This has become now with Genie Bus another example of there should be times where leagues can say, we're taking the franchise. So
1: before LeBron even got there, here's a billion dollars. We're taking your franchise. People within the organization started to get the sense that LeBron and his team led by Rich Paul were scouting the Lakers and already having some influence on how they would proceed. They said when Paul, who represented Lakers guard Contavious Caldwell-Pope, prior to the team signing James, was seen at the facility during the 2017-18 season, his presence created an uneasy feeling among some coaching staffers and others close to Walton, who knew the Lakers were also pursuing Paul's biggest client, James, it was clear to us that he was scouting Walton's viability as the head coach, and Luke is aware of this, said one member of the Lakers coaching staff who was present at the facility. Quote, anybody else would have put him on personal leave or suspended him, one coaching staff member remembered when talking about uh, letting Kentavious Caldwell Pope practice with the team, even though he missed four games while serving his jail sentence. So they were giving Contavious Caldwell Pope great dysfunction special treatment were, because they, he was one of Clutch's
0: clients. I knew they were dysfunctional. This this takes it to a level that I had no idea about. But don't you agree? Wouldn't it be nice if you could invoke a clause saying, you know what, you can't own this team. You're awful. Here's a billion dollars. We're taking it from. you.
1: Like I said, we can't Here's get two billion. We can't get into all the dysfunction in this article. Put aside a half hour and read it what if you do have you, a chance. Just quickly, what do you think about the NBA
0: actually talking about moving up the time of some West Coast starts next season so in, order, can watch in order to put like LeBron
1: in, in East it. Coast primetime? I think it's brilliant.
0: And now it's even better it's because not, you're going to want to see this because dumpster it's fire. Just
1: LeBron. If the Golden State Warriors are right. still together in any form or fashion next season, then I think it would be smart to put them in the spotlight more often. One more little tidbit to come out of this before we check in with Josh Arnold. Coaching staff and other members close to the team told ESPN there would continue to be an increased presence by Paul in clutch sports in a way that seems strange to them. For instance, three Lakers sources familiar with team travel details independently told ESPN that Paul rode on the Lakers charter plane on multiple occasions this season. An act that front office executives, other NBA general managers, and other agents around the league said is highly unusual if not unheard of. Paul didn't deny to ESPN that he had ridden on the Lakers team charter, though he said he also did so while James played in Cleveland and Miami. Sources who wrote on these te- on those team charters while James played there dispute that claim. So what does it say about uh, Magic finally deciding to call it quits? Everything. Everything. That he had had enough of but too it, many cooks in the kitchen. But it
0: sounds like he was largely at fault for this thing.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. He
0: created it and then stepped down because he didn't like what he had created after threatening employees and saying, I have whatever,
1: 10,000 resumes? It is glorious. Again, take a half hour out of your day and go and read this piece at ESPN.com. This Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. And joining us on the phones right now as he does every Tuesday, former twin himself, now part of the Fox Sports North broadcast. Always a pleasure to welcome in Roy Smalley. Roy, how are you this afternoon?
2: Well, uh, my personality has gotten better now that the uh, we're above sixty and the sun's out, so I'm doing pretty <laughs>
1: well. Does your mood and attitude strictly rely on the weather and the and the temperature?
2: I won't say strictly, but I will say they uh, those two uh, those two criterion are big influencers.
3: Southern California guy isn't the most patient when it comes to you know, waiting. for
2: <laughs> I've been here. I've lived here. Uh, almost twice as long as I lived in Southern California. Born and raised, that, you know, there. But I've I've lived here, uh, except for the time when I was traded away to the Yankees. And uh, you know, since 19, since I got married in 1978. So, uh, except for those three years, I've been I've been a Minnesotan and uh, a committed one. But yeah, you just can't get Cal- Southern California out of the California guy. I guess it's it's. Uh, I like it when it's warm.
0: So Royce Molly, at what point in time do we run out of superlatives to try and describe what we've seen from this Twins team? When you are uh, 10 games up on the second place team in your division on Memorial Day and 20 games above 500 at that point in time. I, I, I saw you last night and we talked about this, but it just gets difficult to try and come up with different descriptive words and adjectives to uh, talk about this Twins team.
2: You know what's really funny about that, uh, Judd, is that, you know, I've told people, you know, for except for the for 2017, there where they had a ever brief run in the, into the in the one game playoff loss, uh, it it has bordered on being hard to talk about. You know, hard to know what to say. You know, about a team that is not you know is losing is not very good, and now for the completely different reason. It's starting to get hard to talk about them because I I think I've said just about all I can think of about uh, how well and how solid uh, the uh, the performance has been.
3: So uh, at, at this point, it almost feels like, you, I mean, the best case scenario is they, they do this or something close to it all season long, but it's like you look at the calendar and it's not even June yet, and so I'm having a hard time just as an observer, and I'm wondering what it's like... In that clubhouse, too, when you 've played this well to start the year and you 've built this much of a lead, and now you 've got to keep your gas your uh, your foot on the gas pedal for the next four months that's an it's, i wouldn't say it's a that 's a first world baseball problem but it's one that the the twins sort of face right now
2: yeah it is and it'll be it's, i mean every season and every group of guys every team has um it, it, besides the physical challenges, has you know mental and and psychological uh, challenges in the you know the ups and downs of a very very long season when you know things can go bad for a little while and and when you're it, when you're going bad it seems like it lasts forever even even though it's it's not all that long and and so every team will uh, react to those kinds of things in different ways uh, some you know some good not some not so good and it's hard to. It's hard to play with the lead sometimes, with with the big lead, uh, because uh, just because it's it's better to be aggressive and getting after something, and so you have to you have to keep getting after it when you have a have a, a lead like this. But with this group of guys, that doesn't worry me so much. I, I think these guys are hungry, and I think the veteran players know what it you know, know what it takes, um, you know, to play with uh you know with the lead. And they're talented enough. I, I, what, I, what I really like also is that what they're doing is they're doing uh, for solid reasons. It's, it, 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 they're, they're hitting home runs in record numbers, and they're not striking out. And uh, that in and of itself is an indication that what each individual guy is trying to do up there at the plate, for example, is, is solid. It's just here's how I have my good at-bats. There will be some times when the abats aren't so good, but I think they've, I, I think they've, they're, they're, they've solidified in their minds. Well, here, here's what I'm doing now. If I get away from that, here's what I go back to, and I, I think that's a, that's a big step
1: talking with Roy Smalley, former twin, now part of the Fox Sports North broadcast of Twins Baseball here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. And Roy, it's funny you bring up what they're doing at the plate. We were talking about that earlier today on the Score North First Place Twins show, and the fact that so many guys are having career years, and you look at the numbers that we've always looked at in baseball, like you were just talking about, the the lack of strikeouts, the home runs, the slugging percentage, the on-base percentage, but you dig just a little bit deeper and up and down that lineup, when you Look at exit velocity. So many guys are, are outdoing their their career performance and hitting the ball harder than they've ever hit it before. How do you explain that when a whole team is showing that type of trend? Do we just say this is just this is just great coaching?
2: I I really believe there's uh, that uh, an awful lot of credit uh, has to be given to James Ralson and Rudy Hernandez. I think they're doing a uh, you know fantastic job with getting each player. Uh, comfortable in his own skin with what he, what he needs to do, what his strengths are, and what he needs to do against every pitcher every night uh, and get aggressive you know clear your mind, get aggressive and go with that you, go with the approach that that you you've hit hit upon and and uh, I, I think they're doing that um, they're they're hitting a ton on like, something like three seventy on first and second pitches. <laughs> Um, that's a that's a big reason why they're not they're not striking out, because they're not getting the two strikes as often. But it's also the um, the learning the where they're good in the strike zone and being patient enough, and at the same time aggressive enough. When you know if the pitch shows up, they are ready. If the pitch doesn't show up, they take it uh, until they get to, to two strikes. I mean, the whole approach is so solid. And each guy looks to me like, uh, and I think we've talked about this before, Max Kepler being kind of the poster boy for this, uh, it looks like their minds are clear. I, 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 I have thought for a couple of years watching Max Kepler take pitches down the middle or, and then swing at a, at a breaking ball early in a count and make a quick out, you know, it kind of felt like Max gave away 80 to 100 bats a year and he's not giving away at bats he's going up there with it looked like where before his mind was kind of cluttered with you know with stuff and now he's free and easy and if you throw the ball where he wants it you know back up and and all the guys are all the guys are doing that
0: Roy give me in, in the course of your playing career the best team that, that you were on when you knew that team was ultimately special and, and more importantly, the feeling going into the clubhouse before and after games, where I would take it, it just sort of becomes laughable in a good way, that your team is is so good that you know that ultimately, if not putting together win streaks, you're definitely going to win series.
2: So, I don't think that... Well, first of all, I want to back up. You know, I mean, guys haven't put together career years yet. They've, they've put together career starts. I mean, we're still only two two months, so they've put in career third of a year, uh, third of a year's, <laughs> but uh, and, and so there's a long way to go for the, them to be, you know, career years and for us to watch a team be kind of a, a, a uh, you know generational type of uh, this is the best team I've, I've seen for a while. Personally, the best team I played on, as it turned out, was the 87 Twins, uh, and but you know we didn't really know how we were going to pitch for sure right through the end of the season into the playoffs didn't really know for sure and and so far the pitching staff here uh in on this team has it has been a lot uh, a lot more solid you know starters one through five and 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 the bullpen so um, I would say even though we as hitters and defensive players thought we had something special in 87 pretty early, I, I would say in you know by this time uh, in 87, first of June, we thought we were pretty good uh, and it was going to depend on how well we pitched. Um, and I think that's where this team is uh, now. I think it still is going to depend on, on how they pitch. but you got to feel a lot more positive about, you know, what the pitching staff has done for this team for the first two months than, than we could have felt, you know, in 87.
3: Roy Smalley, World Series champion, Fox Sports North, Mackie and Job with Rami, and usually when you have a lefty as nasty as Josh Hader, it's, it's, it's the lefty hitters we talk about that just look foolish, but he makes right-handed hitters look just as foolish sometimes and I don't know, I mean, and maybe you can shed some light on this, but guys are swinging and the ball is in the catcher's glove it seems <laughs> like. And it's it's a combination of stuff and velocity, but deception, you know, what 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 do you think it's like when the ball's coming out of his hand or hitter's just not picking it up until it's right in front of their faces essentially?
2: Yeah, I think he's got a great fastball. There's no question about it. There's a lot of velocity, a lot of late velocity. You know, he's got what what they call it carry now where the you know the the uh, miles per hour as it's crossing the plate is the the same as the miles per hour that it was leaving his hand right and that's not the, that's not the same with you know with uh, with many guys it, it it depends on where the you know where the gun is uh, is getting the is picking up the velocity but it can be less uh it, uh, it can be less than um it, it, at at the plate that it is out of his hand Odorizzi for example has uh, has good carry. That's why he gets away with, you know, high fastballs the way the way he does. But Hayter, I mean, it, he's he's throwing 95, 96 with carry and that that's a that's a big time fastball and and you got to dial it up uh, to be, you know, to get the uh, bad head out, uh, you know, to that to something like that. And his delivery is a little funky. He, it, even for a right-handed hitter who should have, to your point, you know, should have a little bit better uh, chance. Um, I, I think they, I think he hides the ball or the ball explodes out of his hand differently than most guys. And so w- the combination of those two things makes him awfully tough.
0: So the, the story Roy, of this Twins team, without a doubt, is the bombas, right? The home runs. But tell me this too. When, when you watch this team play and we saw prime examples of this with the uh, Marwin Gonzalez catch in right field on Saturday and the, uh, the three, four, three double play by Krohn that he started on Friday. The defense of this team to me seems to set this team up really well to offensively that then excel because those two plays alone stop the White Sox from scoring runs. And then there, there's a confidence that they bring into the dugout and then we, we see the home runs and runs scored, but the defense. In my opinion, it is an undertold story so far in the first two months of the 2019 Twins.
2: There's no question that that's true. It's it's under-reported and uh, under-appreciated. These guys can really catch it. They they take great pride in it, um, and it, uh, all over the field. I mean, they take great pride in how good they are uh, defensively, and so if you think about things that could go wrong, I mean. Will will they be on this much of a tear offensively? You know, the whole year, Yeah, no, probably not. There'll be you know good you know more good streaks and some and some not so good streaks. So, you know will you know will uh, and and Martin Perez go seven and two every two months? No, probably not. But uh, you look at you know might the bullpen have a little trouble here and there? Maybe. But you look at how solid they it, they're going to catch the ball so they're they're going to they're not only going to not give away outs uh to the other team but they're going to essentially take some away right i mean it, when you make a great play like that or either a diving play or a double play it's still only three outs in the inning but you kind of feel like you've stolen uh you've stolen an out and or uh, essentially uh, uh taken away an out from the other team in a given in a given inning they're going to do that all year long and I think you couple that with the way they can swing the bat, and that's why I said they're, you know, they're a lot like the '87 team because that's what we could do. We could catch the ball and we could hit it a ton. And they just have to pitch just a little bit, you know, just a little bit like they're doing now. Yeah,
3: Roy Smalley, one of our favorite guests on this show throughout the years, and uh, this is this is the most fun the Twins have been throughout the last ten years too. So we're looking forward to it. We'll talk to you again next week, Roy.
2: Talk to
3: you next week. All right. Roy Smalley from Fox Sports North. And it is super fun to see people back at the ballpark, too. I mean, I was there on Saturday. Thir- I was trying to eyeball, like, how many fans? They- 35,000 here? Sellout.
1: Yeah. 30, what was the 000? actual number?
3: 39? 39,000. They had at least, was it three sellouts in a row, and then the weather kind of held it just under 30,000 hmm. know, on so- Memorial Day. <laughs> The weather, huh? You know what? You know what? I choose to there focus on of the
0: course. glorious Saturday and Sunday. That's what I choose to focus on. That ballpark. But this is the first. This is the first time since 2010. I-, I think that scalpers are actually doing well. I, I talked to a guy. I Mark, is, I was, I was, why,
3: why do scalpers even still exist? Like, have, have people not heard of StubHub right? and They want like to go old school. They like gold. Like, would you not? Like, why would you bypass StubHub or SeatGeek to go talk to like bears on the corner I of the- saw
0: Barry on Saturday and I said Barry <laughs> how's it going and he said it's going said, really hey, well I, Good ju- I heard I heard get in price for I think Saturday was something like 75 bucks and up yeah
3: it's really bad. it's fun how do scalpers make money in 2019 I don't know like, like you work? said, so, I don't even know so how it's it, like, like a lot of tickets me. in their pocket. Scalpers are like porn stars. I don't know how they exist. <laughs> by Rami.
1: It's a good question. Ridiculous. I don't know where the money is.
3: I wanna I want to just like walk up to a scalper and say, Oh, I'll just I'll just download your app. What what's the app? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a scalper around the corner of you know, the street. You know, some Vinnyonthecorner.com.
0: <laughs> you know what? There's some guys who smoke smoke cigars who still want to go to the guy <laughs> on the street and get their tickets, okay? Just Everybody wants to go online, so
1: it's just for the old
0: school yes, experience. Exactly okay. right.
3: I, I, I do love the investigative journalism, though. Judd going up to scalpers.
1: Uh, I just uh, saw the guy. I'm like,
0: "How's business going? It's going really well for once."
1: <laughs> Can I get you some tickets, buddy? Like, oh, he had to be taken. He had to be taken a loss for a minute there, right? For a minute? <laughs> tried nine years. He's been homeless for eight
2: years, yeah, but hey, he had a
1: great weekend.
0: Yeah.
3: He's got a condo great. now. <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. We have a five-day-a-week twin show, noon every day as of this week, and you can find that on demand anywhere you find podcasts or uh, the Score North mobile app. We wrap with Roycey next. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Every day at this time, we wrap with our friend Patrick Roycey and uh, – I'm going to guess that you've spent the entire weekend coming up with nicknames for this twins team, right? You probably have a notebook full.
4: Uh, I got it. The
3: juniper jolters. Okay, explain that one. The juniper jolters. Juniper jolters.
4: The juniper. Jolter, the, juniper uh, the the weed. The, the plants out in center field.
0: Oh, the gin and tonic plants. You okay. know that.
4: Yes. And somebody, <laughs> I said uh, they could. Somebody said, when are they going to make uh, gin out of those juniper plants? And I said, Tankeray. And this guy came up with a better one. He said, Bombay.
1: Wow. I like that. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's a long way to go. That was a long walk for that, wow. but I like
3: it. That is, yeah.
1: That is
4: yeah, yeah. Bomb and then yay, bomb and yay. <laughs>
0: People are trying really hard, Patrick. They're trying really hard. <laughs> they,
4: are. they are, but I do think uh, Eddie took care of it with the Bombas, right? I mean, Eddie pretty well yes. took care of that Rosario last week. So, yeah,
3: I think uh, anything else is just manufactured. If if the team yeah. home if the home run leader on the team says it's Bombas, then damn it, it's, it's Bombas. Bombas, yeah, Bombasota. I
4: saw the starts review; it had like four of them, and one was bombastic or bombasters or bombasters, which is okay, and the other three were terrible. Awful. So, uh, you know what I wanted to do was juniper juicers, but uh, that yeah. doesn't work in modern. Uh, you know, there's a there's a bad connotation there. That'd be tough. and those guys. But you know, you make the juice out of the juniper berries, but uh, people wouldn't quite get that. So anyway, that's too long. I, ago. And I don't think anybody really knows that's
1: juniper out there. Pat. I didn't know that until you just told me. I just knew there was some sort of plant in center field.
4: You haven't uh, paid. Uh, the, there's been a lot of pub for the junipers. So.
3: I don't know if I would have been able to. If you would have said, here's four plant options, pick, <laughs> pick You couldn't pick have picked the junipers? I don't, I don't know if I would have said junipers.
4: Well, the, the trouble is here now, maybe they defoliated these in some way, but a juniper plant usually grows berries and attracts birds. So what I'm seeing is come August, (laughs) you're going to have to tear these things out because there's going to be flocks of birds in center field (laughs) eating berries while these guys are trying to hit, and you'll have all that uh, movement in the back. That was a bad loss last night, though. Man, they had Gonzalez on the ropes. He got... uh, Crone missed that change-up. He fooled him there Uh, when they could have. That could have been uh, three more runs there. And then, of course, he almost killed the relief pitcher. But uh they uh that was a, that was a bad loss, but you kinda knew it was coming after Pineda gave up three. So it looks like what, they're uh, gonna give him a little uh knee break here because of uh tendinitis in the knee. So if they call up smeltzer now they can move everybody back and then Pineda only misses one start during the ten day disabled list stint or something. Yes. So
0: I've got advice, okay. Patrick. During these 10 days, get on a stationary bike or a treadmill, because it can't be good for your knee when you're that big.
4: No, I think it's a little late, though. Uh, you know, I, I I don't think he can recover, recover from uh, gassing bypass that soon, and during a 10-day DL spin, so I don't know what we're going to do with him. He's huge, though. So he actually, uh, as long as he throws his slider, he's uh, okay, but I, I don't... I just don't think he's more than a you know, yeah, now they got six out of last night. But uh, I don't know. He just looks, I think he gets just puckered out. And uh, he's, he's, he's definitely been the weak link on that pitching staff. I'm interested to see this Meltzer. I don't even think he was invited to spring training. He, he came over and pitched one day, but I'm not Maybe he was, but I, I didn't see him. I think I only saw him once, and he threw pretty good. And then, of course, he started this year at double A, and he was unhittable. And then he was, had a couple of good starts in triple A, too. So we'll see.
1: Pat, have you ever seen – you've seen a lot more ballplayers than I have. Somebody as big as Michael Pineda with legs so, so skinny? Like, his build just doesn't make sense to me.
2: I don't know
4: if his legs are his legs that skinny because uh... – I've seen him walking around with a towel on in the locker room, and nothing looks skinny about him to me.
1: Okay, he seems very top-heavy to me he's, he's
4: when I see him out on the field. Uh, he's fairly mid-heavy, too.
3: <laughs> Describe him some more in detail,
1: Pat.
4: <laughs> no, no. What right. else have
1: you seen while he's
3: walking he around in the towel? towel he
4: had a towel on. I know <laughs> that, but he's, He had the biggest baseball player I've ever seen. Now, Luke, Luke Van Mill was seven foot one, but he was, you know, skinny guy. This, uh, I've never seen a guy this guy. He's got to weigh way over three hundred, doesn't he? Three ten, maybe.
0: Absolutely, he's got yes.
4: To be over three hundred. Yeah, yes. I mean he's a left tackle. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He towers over. You so know, towers over. Pat,
3: I think uh, I think this is probably a good time because it feels like just having been at the ballpark a couple times this weekend. There's a lot of Twins fans who are re-engaging for the first time in a while. Maybe have been watching the Vikings for the past few years. Can you give us and the listeners a little crash course in how to not treat baseball like football? <laughs>
4: no, I can't. I can't help. I've been trying to tell people for, for years that you cannot uh, you cannot convince them that each game is not a, uh, uh, just, you know, hey, fella, folks, they could lose four or five in a row. That's the way baseball works. Don't panic. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just the way it goes if, uh, you know. If you're 20 games over and then you're eight games over, then panic, okay? But, uh, you, you know, uh, little, this team is not going to hit 350 home runs and win 110 games. You got to get that through your head. There's no doubt about that. So,
2: but it's very hard
4: to convince these people, uh, that are, uh, that are of the football ilk that every game is, uh, completely, uh, you know, a, a vital thing and that a lot can be, drawn into one or two or three straight bad games uh, in a row, you know, one or two or three bad games. is It happens in baseball. I think the, uh, I think I was looking up the 67 team that uh, ended up playing the Red Sox in the last weekend to see who was going to go to the World Series two games. Uh, and that team won 90, 91, something like that. They had a nine-game losing streak in August. If it was modern uh social media days you know if it wasn't 50 years ago can you imagine the doom that would be uh, being thrown around that these guys, these guys they're horrible get rid of everybody it would have been uh, fantastic uh, that's you know that that happens it's baseball here's
0: my advice patrick for twins fans though if it's a weekend series, and it's gorgeous out, which means now they're probably going to sell out, you can't show up at first pitch and then expect to get in. Yes. That that was the oh, thing. I, I get the baggage get, things, a pain in the ass. You
4: can't expect the dumbass twins to have somebody who's younger than me with a bigger, booming voice to say, hey, people, walk around the corner. There's nobody at this other gate. Instead of these 82-year-old guys who are going around whispering saying... Well, we tell them was they could go to the other gate. Don't tell them. Grab 60 of them and lead them down to the other gate, you dumbasses. Uh, you know,
0: it's, a 73-year-old you know, man who hates the age of Pat, Patrick Roycey. This is my favorite thing. He hates old people.
4: Well, we got, no, but I mean, if I was out there, I wouldn't be saying, hey, you might want to go around a corner. I'd be saying, hey, dummy, come on, follow me, get 50 of your friends, let's go. <laughs> Let's go down to Gate 14 and walk in instead of sit here for an hour. Man. Yeah. But the I, best thing—the guy from Twitter came up with this, and this is great. 11:45 uh, to 12:45, everything at the concession stand is a buck cheaper.
3: Okay, that's that's that not makes a, sense. I mean, that's a that's, that's not a, a bad no, plan I'm at all.
4: Not, I'm not making fun. I think that's a great idea. Happy hour, you got happy hour at the. You know, you, you're not going to discount things radically, but. Yep. You know, charge 10 bucks for a beer instead of 11. Charge, you know, whatever. Let everybody get, give people some, because you don't have BP to come and watch anymore. You know, if you get there an hour and a half early, there's nobody on the field. Right. Nobody's taking BP. They don't do anything for the fans anymore before the game. You don't get to see infield. You don't get to, you get to see seven different people throw out a first pitch, uh, you know, because they take over the field for promotion early you got to give people some incentive to come in yeah. early so they you know they don't just say okay now i'm here what am i supposed to do
3: you know i took a i took a stroll through dave st peter's at replies his his mentions on twitter a couple of days ago How'd uh, you go? he might have the most thankless job in local professional sports because when things are going poorly he's the one that gets called to the carpet and he's the one that yeah. you know but when things are going well it's not hey just want to circle back and say the organization's really going well. It's yeah. why don't you idiots put a better bag policy in place, right? Or you know, why don't you morons find a better late reliever option that you know, that doesn't give let's, up home
4: runs? Let's, let's put it this way: if you got a mother with a kid in a stroller and a diaper bag, and uh, you know they're bringing in like three kids with their five dollar tickets, we don't have to go through the diaper bag, okay? <laughs> He's not smuggling in poop or something there, You know, I mean, what in the hell? They're, they're so stupid, you know. The, even the airport doesn't search your bags as thoroughly as these dummies are searching them. You know? Well, on the bright side, at least I there's
3: 39,000
4: people hour. back at the ballpark. I ball like park. this
0: happy hour yeah. idea. I think you're on to something, other t- a person what on Twitter. You
4: should be doing a stereotyping. If somebody looks a little sneaky, look at their bag. Otherwise, wave them in. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Oh, that doesn't bode well for Judd going into the stadium.
4: Yeah, no, no, Judd, we're going to we're gonna hold him upside down by his heel. <laughs> yeah, Judd Zolkin, what type of name is that?
0: Just stand over here, young man. Rami Makhlop, wait yeah, a second.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, even though you're clear, we're not letting you in the park. Okay.
0: Rami, a, a roof terrorist. He's a roof anything. terrorist, Patrick. That's
4: what Rami is. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's it was amazing the way they uh, and we still had we've had one nice day, right? One nice day.
0: Saturday and yeah. Sunday were both nice. We had two nice well, days.
4: Not nice today, no.
0: No, not today and not yesterday, but Saturday and Sunday were great.
4: But yeah, I mean it's come on, let's 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 get some decent weather in this godforsaken hellhole. Come
3: on. Uh Pat let's here, go. in our in our last minute or two, Gopher Softball first ever college world series.
4: And you will get yeah. getting direct reports from me starting tomorrow. Awesome, I'll be there.
3: Yeah. Uh So, what are their, like? They're a uh, seven seed, correct? What are their? Do they have any seven chance to do some damage feet. here? Should we just be happy with well, the trip?
4: I think I think it's like hockey. You know, it's uh, every game's two to one, three to two. So, yeah, sure. You get uh, you know somebody walks somebody and makes an error, and you get two runs. And with this Pfizer pitching, they can beat anybody because she's one of the three or four best pitchers in the country. Yeah. And uh, it's it. You think goaltending is important in hockey? <laughs> Pitching not fast pitch softball is eighty ninety percent of it. So yep, yep. yeah, they got a chance. What the heck? They weren't supposed to get there, but they're. Uh, you know, they're you got uh, three teams from pac Ten, 12, Twelve, two from the SEC, two from the Big Twelve, and then these sneaky gophers hmm. from the North. So yeah. it should be fun.
3: All right, all right. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow, Pat. See you, Roycey. Okay. okay. See you. Bye. All right. We uh, wrap with Roycey every day on the show.
0: I might have problems. But that's fine. You know what? This happy hour our idea is a great idea. I love this idea.
3: So do you think Do you think that idea has ever come up inside Target Field, saying, oh, listen, all right, let's get people in. The gate's open, what, 90 minutes beforehand. Yep. We could sell an extra blank percentage of beers and concessions if we just incentivize people like a happy hour. You incentivize yeah. people, you get $2 off. Or would that just be a pain in the butt for the people behind the registers? Well, and who,
0: who controls the concessions? Because I'm not sure it's the twins. I think it might be the concessionaire people. Who have the contract. But they'd
3: make more money too, but, wouldn't they?
0: But on Sunday, there were more people in that ballpark pregame than for several games in, in the first month plus. Yeah. During the, the pregame. I just, the only thing, the bag policy probably doesn't need to be revised, but the only thing that drives me crazy is people who get there shortly before first pitch and are yes. like, why can't I get in? Dude, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like, because this is a first place, this is how first place teams work.
3: Yes. Oh, hold on, I gotta hang up. All with right. Um, if you're, if you're if you're in line taking a photo, at, let's say it's first pitch at 110. Yeah. And you're in line at 105 sending a photo out, can't believe how long the line is to get into Target Field. Sorry, that's on you. Absolutely. Like you've you've created your own fate in that in that situation. If
0: you're the best team in baseball, my advice is give yourself a little bit of time. You can't you can't keep drinking beers at uh, Glicks until for a 110 first pitch till like 105 and then be like, I can't believe I can't yeah. get into target
3: field. Now I do get it for, for like weeknight games. I get it. People work and it's, it, you know, it might be a, a time crunch to get downtown Minneapolis right. and but park. I'm talking weekend. I get
0: I'm talking weekend. This, this weekend was gorgeous. By Saturday, you knew that place was going to be packed. And so yeah, you're, you're right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, it's a different story. Yes. But Saturday, Sunday, you're going. it's going to be packed now as long as this team is good. And they're, I think, going to be good all summer.
3: Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Scornorth. You can find our podcast anywhere you find podcasts. Just search Mackie and Judd with Rami. Uh, but the Scornorth mobile app is the best place to find it. And uh, the power and the magic of radio, we're actually going to snap our fingers. And we will be on-site at Fulton from 6 to 7 o'clock tonight. And we'll be doing a live recording of the Scornorth twin show. And uh, that'll be available via podcast throughout the rest of the week on the Scarna Twin Show feed. We'll see you guys tomorrow.
0: This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited-time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more.